I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. And I suggest you shut up and show more football. Come on, come on. understand what I'm trying to get at. Yes, he was a great player. Yes, he was a wonderful leader. But he wasn't a magician. I'll take a bow, son. I mean that. Take a bow. Uh, this is Richard Keyes. And I'm Andy Gray. Got that right you, you are. <laughs> this is the Keyes and A-N-D, Keyes and Gray podcast. I uh, hope you are all well. Thank you for your thoughts and comments. Please keep leaving positive reviews. I suppose in the interest of balance, I should say reviews. Critical reviews would be good. Constructively critical. Yeah, constructively critical. Um, We also appreciate that lots of you listening across the planet, and I mean the planet, um, certainly in Europe and in the UK are enduring some sort of lockdown right now. Yeah. Uh, plenty of lives are being disrupted. Football in a small way offers some light relief. So let's fingers crossed, hope mm-hmm. we keep playing, Andy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a distraction as well. And in a smaller way, again, we hope that this pod entertains and hopefully informs. Stay in touch with us on uh, Twitter and Insta. I do like it when I get... Insta. Down with the youth. Insta. Yeah, you're better than me at that, I have to yeah. say. Yeah. yeah. Um, we're at Keys and Grey, and now you know why it's A-N-D. Yeah. You, you got a swift response I did. from our production team last week. I did. That Keys and... I was told in no uncertain terms where to go. <laughs> yeah. So it's Keys <laughs> and Grey. Keys and Grey, the podcast, at gmail.com, and you can download from any of the platforms that you normally do to download your podcasts. Our guest this week is the EFL chairman, Rick Parry, mm. whom we shall talk to in just a moment, who I remember sitting with Andy in 1991 in a, a studio discussing the formation of the Premier League. Premier League yeah. um, wow. Very sceptical, um, very who, anti. Who was? You were? I was. was. You were? Yeah. My, my question simply was, what difference does it make if you have it, <laughs> you know, call yeah. it the Premier League yeah. or the First Division? Yeah. You've still got 22 clubs. Well, it was 20 as it turned yeah. out, wasn't it? I think Luton and Notts County voted for it and never played in it. 
uh, they certainly got relegated that year. I can't remember who the third club was. Um, but, yeah, but how dramatic it has been. Yeah. And uh, Rick was very much a part of that, of course. In fact, was. Yeah. Was singularly, really, yeah. the formation. In fairness, what you didn't know, there were 304 million reasons why they were going to go with the Premier League. Well, a few more, yeah. <laughs> um, amongst the subjects I hope we'll be able to talk about, um, he, he's been talking this week, Rick, that the bet ban will kill clubs. The government want to stop EFL clubs putting bookies' names on, on yeah. their shirts. That, that's, that's an issue for him. I'm, 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 in the Premier League, Andy, there are uh, eight of the 20 at the minute. That's not his problem anymore. But in the Championship, 12 out of 24 including Coventry. Can you have a different law, rule? Yeah, for very one much team, so. For one, for one league can. is what I'm saying. The Premier yeah. League should be able to cope, I mean, such is the power of it. Yes. It should be able to cope without betting advertising. I agree, yes. yes much Whereas more the Championship profile. 1 and 2 need that kind of money yes. to keep them alive. Absolutely. Yes, so it could be a different view of it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Ollie goes this weekend. What? That's my prediction. I said to you, what if they beat Evan? I still think he goes. I, I, well, maybe not this week he doesn't go. I, United's problem has to be that having spoken to Pochettino, and that's very evident now they have, right. they have discussed terms, you can't keep waiting. No. At some point, you've got to say enough. It it would be an irony if, if Solskjaer lost his job at Everton as David Moyes did. Yes. For me, I know. you look back on that period now and you say, had United stuck with Moyes, he would have been the right man to reconstruct from within, because I don't, right now, I don't care who manages Manchester United. I think the club internally is a mess. And until you sort that out, then you're not going to see success on the pitch. So you don't think a better manager would, would get them better? I think they'll get a, I think you'll get I a better, you you'll get a better tune out of what's there. I, 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 I but at the end too. of the day, you've still got a big problem, which is that Liverpool are light years ahead now in terms of structure. It's evident on the football yeah, pitch flipped, that that's it? the case. Yes. 1992 onwards, it yes. was United and Liverpool playing catch up. Now mm. it's flipped on its head and it's Liverpool. Totally. And United are playing catch yeah, up. Yeah. And, and, and I don't see them catching up with what they've got. Really how many games does he get? And I don't mean how many games. If he doesn't get sacked, he's had 101 games. Well, he should get sacked. 101 games. It's, it's unsustainable. And are they any better? No. And by there the way, uh, soon as somebody uh, makes a decision on Pogba, the second most overrated footballer of all time, and says, thank you very much, Paul. Time to go time. Sorry, you said the second most yes. overrated player of all time. Yes, who's, I hope you might ask me that. Who's your first? Balotelli. <laughs> he was fun though <laughs> <laughs> that's the only thing oh, he no. had going for I have for to him. say I've seen some belters over the years for 80 million no no not, <clears throat> not like that but I have seen some belters over the years no no I think Paul, Pogba's um, Pogba's star is in the win there's absolutely no doubt about that I think United fans you must know, you even be tired you sounded just like Fergie then did I? there's absolutely no doubt about that no doubt about that he's on the win <laughs> I know <laughs> I wish I could have managed like him <laughs> Uh, I, th I think his star, Andy, uh, as, I think his star has settled. I can't see it anymore. No. I, I've said, you know, we, we talk a lot with Nigel De Jong on yes, B, B in sports about him. Nigel said, I played against him in Italy and he was a, he was sensational. Yeah. I haven't seen him play well in a Manchester United jersey in the same way as I have others in that area of the pitch. I haven't seen Listen, him. This is, no this is no justification, right? A couple of times, yes. Now, I, I've, I've laughed at myself here. I'm smiling at you when I say that a couple of times. Exactly. I'm talking about the most expensive player United have ever bought. Yes. And a man who, I've said it last week, my problem with Paul Pogba, not that he doesn't have talent. He you does. said it where? On BN Sports. Thank you. I just wanted Sorry. to mention that again. No, no, I said it on BN Sports when we were talking, me, you and Nigel. I says, listen, when you buy somebody for that amount of money, with a reputation like that, with a, as a World Cup winner, 
He comes into your team and he makes the team. He influences younger players around him yes. in the right way. Mm-hmm. He goes onto your football pitch and he, he governs a game in the way that Keith and Scholes could in their heyday. That's what you do if you're Hang on, a let me go player. further back. The way Peter Reid did yes, in your team. Us, I, I want that ball. Yeah. I'm, I, you know, I, I am running through this brick, yes. steel-enforced wall yeah. for the good of my teammates no. and this football club. I don't see that. No Paul. chance. I don't see that in Paul, and I'm not being critical of him with the talent he has. He has. I wish I had his talent when I played. No, you uh, don't. But I do. No, you don't. I wish I had his talent. No, you don't. Because what made you different was the, the ability you had. If you had his talent, you'd have been entirely a different prospect. Totally you different prospect. Be no, you wouldn't. That's because they're still the oh, same you'd mentality. Be, you'd rather be him now. No, no, I'd still have my mentality. No, I mean. no, 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 no. You can't swap that. It's either the oh. full package. Oh no, no or no, not. No, I'm happy with what I've got. Yeah. Even though he's a, a World Cup winner. Uh, well, I'm happy with there's I been am. a few World Cup winners down the years. Yeah. Look at medals and think I'm a lucky boy. But anyway, what if he wins at, at, at Goodison? And then I, it, it I, just I prolongs it prolongs the inevitable. How long have they got United to make the change? I, th- I think they need to make it now. I think before Pochettino gets bored waiting. Uh, yes, a, a new manager will get a different tune out of those players. But I stand by what I said. I think there is there is decay, deep decay. As a result of, and inevitably at the time, they weren't going to want to change, but Fergie stayed too long yeah. and they were premature in sacking Moyes. I agree and with that. And they haven't got it right ever since. No, they haven't. So and, I'm interested in that. I mean, and I, I, I said to you, Andy, recently again, that the analogy of the old Liverpool, you start chasing coach after coach after coach after coach, spending money, bad money, bad money, bad money after bad money, and you never get anywhere. You never, one, one step forward, three back. Well, that's where they are at the moment, one step forward, three back. The result in Turkey was shocking. Dreadful. Shocking. I mean, absolutely... I mean, off the wall. Uh, uh, UEFA seeks to change the handball law. Alexander Chefferin saying what we've got isn't working. 1,000% agree with you, Chefferin. Uh, the, the penalty given for Chelsea against Rennes was a in joke. Midweek is the most ridiculous decision I've ever seen. No, it's not. I'll give you Manchester United's in Paris. Oh, yeah, that was a, right up there. But at least that never hurt his, his shin and went on his arm. I mean, I just, they, they are all over the place, as we knew they would be, as yes. we predicted on BN Sports many, many times yes. over the last couple of years, that this will not be the holy grail of getting everything right in football. It's, it's turned into anything but. It, it's, 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 what are, you, what are you talking about? The change in the interpretation of no, the handball law? VAR or, oh, VAR. General. No, VAR. Oh, don't. You just, all we do is we, we've shifted. We've shifted the piece on the board. We're now talking about all of the same things through technology rather than through the eye that we used to and I'm telling judge you now, football if by. Anyone, anyone tells me football's a better watch now since the introduction of VAR, the backing lad. Well, when you say football, top level football, because yeah, yeah, not yeah. everybody has yeah. got VAR, and that's what makes the product lower down, particularly in the English pyramid, yeah. a far better and enjoyable watch. VAR was never going to take us to utopia, whereby every decision was but correct. I mean, look at that one last week, Graham Scott at Tottenham. Oh, one. one. That's a foul for Lallana. Uh-huh. VAR looked at it. Somebody somewhere should have said, hold on, no. Yeah. And, and, and the- Anybody who listen to this, we talk about it a lot. These referees, they know the laws, or they think they do, because I'm not even sure they know the laws now. But they don't know the game. Because anyone who knows the game, as you did, 
looked at Harry Kane and went, that's a foul for Lallana. It's a, it, everybody it did. Everybody. Everybody did. And, and the Hoiberg, he's actually looking at it from five, yes. five feet, yes. metres, whatever yes. you want it to be. And I said to you last week, it'll be fascinating to see if he gets a game. Guess what? This he's weekend, not this weekend. He's, got the, <laughs> he's got the board at Arsenal. Ah, he doesn't have a game. Now, the PGMOL will say, oh, he was always scheduled to. No, he won't. You've dropped him because yeah. you know he had an absolute shocker. And if he did, Andy... I mean, what about when he came away from the monitor and he turns to Harry Kane and says, yeah, yeah, yeah you know, I, I think he got think, a touch I of the think, ball. Think. I think. You're going to give a penalty by thinking I someone think. didn't get a touch of the ball. I think. Oh. Anyway, um, I'm really looking forward to this. If, if, if our guest answers all of the questions and more that we have, this mm -hmm. could be sensational. Good. Let's meet him. Rick Parry, how are you, my friend? I'm great, thanks. How are you? <laughs> well, I'm okay, Rick. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> That's a better start and description of how you are than I thought we might get, Rick. <laughs> Let's go all the way back before we talk modern day, can we? 1991. I've mentioned this already. You and I sat in a studio at Sky. Me arguing 22 clubs under a different name makes no difference whatsoever. How, how could it be? that the Premier League could eclipse <laughs> what we had then, which was the first division. Um, I was wrong. How right were you? Well, nobody thought it was going to be the uh, quite the success it has been. Um, I, I seem to remember saying, trust us, give us time. Uh, this isn't about overnight changes. This is about long-term change. And yes. it will succeed. It did. Um, I don't think anybody would have predicted the the explosion that we've seen in in terms well in, in every respect but um yeah we we knew we were on to a winner we were absolutely confident and um absolutely determined to make it succeed and uh yeah i think it's fair to say it has done right in those days way back then 91 92 you say no one could have predicted what happened since then i think you're right there but when you were opening these bids did you all believe it would be what it was, as much as it was, 304 million? Or had you a figure way short of that in your heads? Um, <clears throat> I mean, listen, the, the interesting thing is that, um, you know, back then, um, this was a kind of huge leap of faith. Mm. Um, we had, when we decided, or when the club took the leap of faith, resigned from football league and, and decided to, you know, be bold enough to form the Premier League. Um, we had no idea what the revenues were going to be. Um, we thought they would be better than the existing, um, ITV deal with the football league. Which was what? Um, Which was what? That was about 11 million a year. <laughs> Nothing. Eleven Nothing. million a year. So it's gone up a little bit since then. <laughs> that's what you pay for a match um, now. Think about it. Yeah. That that's one match. It's, yeah, I mean it's, it's crazy, isn't it? That um, yeah, we 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 thought we'd get a better deal, but listen, did did we did we even think that Sky would be a serious bidder at that stage? Frankly, no. Did we you? Did you? Um, we've discussed this before, Rick. When 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 Andy and I um, uh, were working on the radio, but did did you think that Sky could actually pull it off, or that 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 
the quality control clause you had might might have needed to be um, triggered, as it were? Um, I think that as the partnership developed, and it really was a partnership, and I, and I think the key, the absolute key, well, there were two two keys, I think, to the uh, <laughs> success of the Premier League. Thank you. Um, yes, thank you very much. <laughs> well, maybe three. Yes, maybe three. We'll, spare, we'll spare your blushes, Rick. <laughs> um, one was um, one was a fresh beginning with new governance that was fit for purpose and was going to, I mean, starting with the blank piece of paper, clarity of decision-making, simplicity, freedom from vested interests, all, all the things that made it efficient. That was absolutely fundamental. The other was changing from what had been an adversarial relationship with broadcasters, which seemed crazy, but that's how it was back mm. in the late 80s, 90s, to forging a true partnership. Yeah. And the relationship with Sky was absolutely a partnership in the every sense of the word. I, I remember the great Sam Chisholm, who was a matter of the one-liner. Um, yes, you're fired. At one point, <laughs> uh, Sam said at one point that the relationship between Sky and the Premier League was the greatest corporate romance of all time. Great line. Yeah. Great line. Which was a great line, yeah. one of Sam's one of Sam's many great lines, but I think that absolutely summed it up. And we were determined. I mean, you know, it was a fledgling broadcaster, a fledgling league. Um, nothing was impossible. Um, you'll remember the early days, the sort of buccaneering, pioneering. Oh, we can do anything spirit. Um, and the, I mean, the relationship absolutely went from strength to strength. Um, we never, you know, we, we never had to take the contract out of the draw, ever. Um, it was um, it was a, it was an extraordinarily positive relationship, and it and genuinely worked for both parties incredibly successfully. And obviously, it's endured and gone from strength to strength. Were there any, uh, Rick? Um antis in the clubs. I mean, how did you have to fight to get this deal through with the clubs involved? Do you know what I'm saying? You know, did some of the clubs, were they a bit looking, no, this is a big this is a big risk getting this fledgling company in to, to cover our league. It's a brand new thing. We need um, terrestrial television. We need the BBC and ITV to do what they've been doing. Were there any people you had to persuade from, you don't need to name them, but how many big clubs were anti Oh yeah, I mean it was it was um By the way, I mean, yeah, was, you do need to name them. How <laughs> <laughs> was It was very controversial at mm -hmm. the time. Yeah. Um I still got some of the scars to prove it. <laughs> wow. Um added a few recently, but um there you go. Uh, yeah. And I mean, you know, there are a couple of really interesting things about the vote. Um eighteenth of May nineteen ninety two, day I will never forget. It was it was a fourteen six vote. We needed a two thirds majority. Uh it was a bare two thirds majority. Uh, you know, if one club had voted the other way, you know, where might we have been? Um, how would we have broken the deadlock? Wow. Um but the interesting thing, the other interesting thing is twenty two clubs in the room, um, arguably the biggest vote 
could be the biggest vote ever in terms of its significance as things have turned out uh, in English football. Two clubs abstained. Did they? Yeah, what, what do they tell their grandchildren? <laughs> I, I was there. I was there on the 18th of May, and guess what? I, I didn't did vote. <laughs> I, I, I guess they have the same conversation that those who turned the Beatles down have had on numerous occasions. <laughs> um, Rick, you say it's gone from strength to strength. If that's true, why are we in the situation that we currently have? Um, well, because the... You know, whilst the Premier League has gone from strength to strength, and, um, and you know, I'm the greatest fan and its greatest admirer, um, the rest of the pyramid hasn't kept pace, and we've now got imbalances that need to be corrected. Um, we did actually try to correct them in 1995. We did offer to take over the selling of the Football League TV rights and to give them um, a 20% share of the revenues in exchange, but uh, they turned that down. Um, so we did actually try to redress the balance, but you know we have we have a whole series of issues um, facing the game as a whole, the pyramid, and, and the pyramid is extraordinarily important. You know, it's it's really important to remember that six clubs have been in the Premier League. Since it started, 43 clubs have, operate, have mm. occupied the other um, places. You know, that's three for every place. Um, only 20 clubs have been in the Premier League for 10 years or more. So, you know, there is, there is a pretty frequent and rapid turnover of clubs. Um, and we have a chasm an almost unbridgeable chasm between the bottom of the Premier League, the top of the Championship, um, you know, where the uh, the bottom club in the Premier League is receiving around 100 million. The top club in the Championship is receiving eight. Um, you know, in, in 2018-19, uh, the bottom club in the Premier League received just under um, 100 million. She's mad. The EFL's deal with Sky was worth 88 million. It's mad. Whose fault is that, Rick? Is For it anyone's fault? Clubs. Whose fault's that? That chasm, um, that chasm you talked about. Well, whose fault is it? I don't think it's anybody's fault, right. but it just hasn't been addressed. It should have been addressed, and it could have been addressed. It could have been addressed at any stage over the last 25 years. Um, I mean, there's two other issues the parachute payment. Um, which I think are um, incredibly divisive and, and basically cause all sorts of irrational behaviour in the championship. Yeah, you know, yeah. they, they account for 30% of total revenues in the championship. Um, there's been at least one academic study that says, well, surprise, surprise, clubs in receipt of parachute payments are twice as likely to get promoted from the <laughs> championship and half yeah. as likely to get relegated. And what do they do? They cause the other clubs to behave irrationally so that spending on wages in the championship is 107% of turnover. You know, to say that is not sustainable. And it's been like that in six out of the last seven years. It's a regular occurrence. Um, clubs in the championship require £380 million of owner funding. 
in an average year, not in a COVID year, in a normal year. It's just not sustainable. Um, clubs in the EFL collectively will lose around 700 million this year. So it's just so obvious it's not sustainable. It needs fixing. Um, there needs to be a redistribution. There needs to be um, a narrowing of the gap between the bottom of the Premier League, the top of the Championship. And frankly, we need to do away with parachute payments. So, you know, but, but those remedies or those problems have been, you know, pretty clear for anybody to see for a, a long, long time. They could have been addressed at any time. But... Um, you know, we're trying to address them now. See, I, I have to nail my colours to the mast, Rick. When, when Project Big Picture was floated, Andy and I sat and discussed. Um, and I'm a big fan. I, I, I thought the majority of those suggestions were very sensible, including the, the, the parachute payment debate. We had Andrea Radriziani with us this week, who, who was more specific on the numbers than you because it, it affected him. He said, coming out of the championship, we came up with 2.5 million from <laughs> yes. broadcast share. And Huddersfield, probably the nearest club to him, went down with 100 million. I mean, that's that's just madness. Um, I, I mean, I can't sit here having been part of one revolution and argue that evolution shouldn't take place. So those who felt the big picture was dead, are they right or wrong? Um, so, you know, is it, uh, we're getting to semantics in a sense because is the, you know, is the project as titled, as leaked, um, dead? Possibly so. Um, do the issues that it highlighted need to be addressed? Absolutely they do. If that's going to come about as a result of the Premier League announced so-called strategic review, that's great. Um, you know, at least there is now a process and a recognition that um, there are uh, real issues to be addressed. Um, you know, we, frankly, we didn't have a strategic review a month ago. So if it's coming out into the open in a pretty unsavory way, um, you know, it had been quiet for eight months. I don't know who leaked it, but whoever did was presumably trying to kill it um, and we couldn't allow that to happen because you know the issues are too big they're too serious um, so forget the titles forget whether it's big picture or you know whatever it's called the fundamentals are do we need to address these issues do we need to, to make change do we need to strengthen the pyramid for the next 25 years absolutely we do you, you, you say Rick <laughs> It was leaked and you found that unpalatable. No need to get into he said, she said, who did what. But actually, it being leaked, hasn't it been an advantage to you? We're now talking about it. We're talking about something that perhaps you would have struggled to get into the public domain. Um, well, it got it there. Um, it was, um, you know, it was a little bit brutal. Um, but um, it... You know, it's there. It's something that matters greatly to all of our clubs. Um, we had overwhelming support, probably understandably, um, from top to bottom. Um, and it's really interesting, the reaction of championship clubs, really interesting, because you could say that 
there'd be elements of it that they wouldn't like. So, for example, reduction to 18 teams, having to get qualified for the Premier League additional playoff, so a reduction in the percentage chances of promotion, um, you'd think might be unpalatable. But they've actually said that's a small price to pay for a system that's fairer mm. and for making our club sustainable. Yeah, agreed. Okay, so and you know, in that, and in that sense, why would it not be equally palatable for the fourteen non-big six clubs who are in the Premier League? Because logically, just looking at the stats, they're going to be spending time in the Championship. And and you know, this is not about Premier League versus EFL. This is about the pyramid. Yes, and the ninety-two clubs. Well, it's not just the ninety-two; it's also the clubs below, because it would also give us a chance to reset the relationship with the National League and below, which is very important too. This is about our clubs. It's not about the fact that twenty of them happen to be there at this moment in time, and therefore it's a, you know, it's an us and a them. This has to be a recognition that in reality there are what thirty-five, forty clubs who can be in the Premier League or the Championship at any point in time. Don't the other 14 have a bigger problem, which is that the six want to go their own way and at some point most likely will? So two two questions, really. Isn't that likely? And secondly, by allowing ownership that, that... took the, our football clubs away from the local butcher into the hands of American entrepreneurs, haven't we created our own problem? Um, so you could argue that, you know, a system that allows more than half of the Premier League clubs to be in foreign ownership has definitely created an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, that, you know... The horse has long since bolted, so we're not going to close that particular door. No. Um, but, and, you know, people have chosen to disagree with me um, on this one. Um, I kind of say to them, well, if you'd spent time with the owners of Liverpool and Manchester United, um, spent hours listening to them, you might have a more balanced view. They do care about the pyramid. They absolutely do care about the pyramid. That's good. Um, which is fantastic and heartening. Um, and people said, well, you've just been bought off. Well, hang on. 25% of the Premier League revenues? You know, this isn't just throwing a few crumbs from the rich man's table. This is a fundamental, yeah. it's a fundamental reset. It's a readjustment that's necessary. Um, and it's exactly what we, basically, it's exactly what we wanted. It's what we asked for. So, um, but I mean, it, listen, it's a difficult balance because um, there, are, there are always tensions in the um, in the Premier League um, between the big and the small in terms of you know who generates the revenues, who makes the greatest contribution. You know, keeping that equilibrium is challenging. But, and you make the point that the bigger clubs might you know decide to do something else; they might go. That isn't the point that. Rather than waiting for that day, yes, we have to try and create yes. conditions that means they don't want to do that. Yes, yeah, well, well, tell us, Enric, in your mind, then, if we don't implement, if not all, some of what you guys the, the, they are proposing, what do you see happening to the pyramid and English football as a whole? Well, the vision from the 
I mean, the vision's really simple from my perspective because, you know, were we to implement those key elements that I've talked about in terms of 25% of the Premier League revenues flowing down, halving the gap between um, the Premier League and the Championship, pretty much overnight, we would have a situation where all of our clubs were sustainable for the foreseeable future. Wow. That is a pretty dramatic turnaround almost overnight. So instead of having to pump owner funding in uh, and instead of having dubious owners at different levels of the pyramid who suddenly leave clubs in the lurch, um, <laughs> all of our clubs would be sustainable. Instead of living hand-to-mouth, they could look to invest in better infrastructure, better facilities. They could, and many of the owners have already said this in discussion with supporters, they could look at reducing ticket prices to condition all round for supporters. Um, instead of being kind of terrified about where they're going to be in existence from one year to the next, longer term planning. Uh, and again, instead of having this chasm extraordinarily difficult gap to bridge between Premier League and Championship. Um, difficult to bridge for clubs going up and for clubs coming down. Mm. So you know, would... then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, you've just got a, a, sustain, a much more sustainable future at every single level of the game. Hopefully you have our biggest clubs still absolutely dominant on the world stage. Um, able to compete in Europe, um, freeing the game from, you know, a bit of clutter. And we've also got to remember the changes will happen in the European landscape. That's only going in one direction. There will be more games. There will be more days. So the reduction to 18 teams assists in that sense. Reduction in 18 teams, and, and you'll remember from... Back in the early 90s, the whole idea yeah. when the Premier League was formed yeah. was it was supposed to be 18, 18 yeah. teams to benefit the national team. I, I also remember... The benefit for the England national team as well in terms of, you know... <laughs> Let pressure on players and well, that, so, that that horse has also bolted, hasn't it? Because we did. I don't think we expected the influx of the European or the the, the foreign footballers to the degree that we've had. But um, it, will you then continue? By the way, I meant to say the other thing I remember is that the playoff used to involve the the what was the eighteenth or what would be the eighteenth team in the Premier League going in against the top of the the, winners, the old championship the the playoff, club. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, will you continue yeah, to? I, res- think, uh, I think ironically, it was. I think it was. I think I'm right in saying Leeds United were the last team to <laughs> really wow. promoted in that old system. Yes. Will you continue to resist crumbs from the rich man's table? Do you want real change? Yes, we do want real change. I think real change is absolutely necessary. Good. Good. And will you resist the government's calls to remove betting uh, sponsors from shirts in the EFL? Uh, we will. Um, and we will argue on the basis of evidence. And we hope that the government's review is on the basis of um, evidence. Um, I think we have to all be alive to... Um, 
problem gambling. It is an issue. It's not one to be swept under the carpet. Um, I think, you know, if we, if we have to behave more responsibly in terms of relations with sponsors, you know, that's fine. Um, many of the sponsors are already highly responsible, highly regulated. Um, so, you know, I think the, the hope is it will be an evidence-based decision rather than um, purely a political decision because we believe that the evidence um, will favour a more sort of rational, balanced outcome rather than simply a blanket ban on um, betting sponsors. And, and certainly, you know, given the um, short-term issues that we all face, um, in the duration and the aftermath of COVID and who knows when we're ever going to come out of it. Um, the last thing we need at the moment is uh, another revenue stream being cut off. You see, um, my last question is, uh, Andy and I know what it's like to be unpopular. Um, oh, you speak for yourself. Just simply come by on. just simply by starting <laughs> or being part of the revolution, Rick. So to take us full circle, do you think you're more in the firing line now than you were when the Premier League was formed or not? No, I don't think so. No. So this is no, an easier, I, um, easier job for you to do? I, I, have, uh, I, I have said that I'm kind of back in my comfort zone of being public enemy number one. Um, Good. No, that Takes the pressure uh, off me, Keezy. Thanks, Rick. <laughs> That that was even more controversial at the time. <laughs> no, Rick, can I ask you something as well? Just as a kind of, it's a, it's a wee bit uh, left field, but I, I, I've always wondered about it because we talk about the, the popularity of the, the Premier League and what it's done. We have a championship, for instance, that you are in charge of that's, I think, the seventh best supported league in Europe, if I'm not mistaken, mm -hmm. right? Are there never any thoughts now, or is it gone, of a Premier League too? I've never believed in it because, you know, and I didn't believe in it when I was at the Premier League. I didn't believe in it when I was at Liverpool competing in the Premier League. I definitely don't believe in it now. Um, I mean, you, it's a bit like you can only have one Monopolies commission. Yeah, you know? I agree. And, um, I agree. You can only have one Premier League. How, how can you have a Premier League too? No, I, um, I, I agree. What, what is the upside? The Championship, as you said, is a fantastic mm -hmm. yeah. competition. Um, so why, why alter that? I mean, it's great football. It's, it's, I love watching championship. I love watching league one, and league two, but I love watching championship games. And, you know, many of the, many of the championship games are just way more exciting than, um, some of the more meaningless Premier League I games. agree. So, By yeah, the way, Rick, the other thing, fabulous the, competition. the other thing that, that gives you a, 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 a march is that you don't have VAR, which is an yeah, absolute that's, that's blessing. But listen, I lied. I've got one last question. Oh, Does the League Cup have a future? Well, you know, as, as envisaged in the, um, uh, in the document that was leaked, there, there was to be no League Cup. Um, Clearing space for the FA Cup, giving the FA Cup a bit more luster was the idea. Um, UEFA doesn't really like second um, cup competitions. We've, we've been downgraded in terms of the 
a European place. Um, so, you know, I think that it has to be recognised that as part of the mix, um, it may go. But equally, on the other hand, you know, there are other ways of addressing um, congestion if if it's you know if it's a case that the clubs in the Champions League don't play in it. Uh, if it's a case of perhaps under 23 teams enter it, um, you know, it needn't necessarily be killed. Um, I think there's ample scope for debate. We could, we could retain it simply with the, um, you know, with the EFL clubs. Yes, yeah, exactly. It. Yeah, that That's was the original idea, wasn't it? That sounds good to me. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, nothing is, nothing is sort of absolutely nothing is kind of preconceived. Uh, Rick, I, I genuinely, I, it's been brilliant. I mean, thank you so much for your time yeah, and you, uh, also your honesty. It, it, it's, um, it's a treat. Thank you. Uh, I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Did he come up to all your expectations? I know you were a, a and, tad concerned he might not talk well, about everything. It, it's so Did kind, he answer everything you wanted? Yes, it's so kind, Andy, because it's a very difficult position he's in. Yeah. Um, I, I think his answers were <laughs> cleverly constructed yes. at different times. He's yeah, a very yeah. thoughtful man. I well, think, you could tell that. I think he never... Um, he never showed much emotion. I don't know if he's, that's his norm, because you know that's him than I do. That's Rick. So there wasn't much emotion. I could hear when you were asking, or we were asking questions, there was a thought process going on. Yes. Choosing his words carefully. Yes. Because whatever he says, yes, of course, people will jump all over people it. People will jump all over it. But I think he is the right Anything man. Anything he said you didn't like? No. I think he's the right man at the right time. I think he knows that change is coming, that the top six clubs, as we've discussed often, are going to... If not go their own way, they're going to force further evolution for themselves. I think the 14, whoever they may be, need to be aware of that and protect themselves. And therefore, doing a deal now, I think, is the right thing. Uh, League Cup, like I said, and like I've said previously, Alan Hardacre gave us the League Cup for football league clubs. Mm. So, you know, keep it, make it special. Yeah, there's 72 of them. Yes. Play it. And and play it for real. Yes. Because right now, people don't. No, they don't. Even top end championship clubs play. Rest play players, yeah, man. don't play it for real. I know. Um, so, I, I, and it change has got to come. It has to. We can't stand still. And as no. I've said many times, those who the, objected to the big picture well, because okay. they didn't get the story, yeah. um, or because they don't understand that evolution is necessary. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Who are the dinosaurs now? Because yeah. it's not you and it's not me right. and it's not Rick Parry. But let me play devil's advocate for say, people who are listening and say, well, hold on. Do you, would you agree that the big picture, it's, you can't just accept what's there. It needs to be tweaked. Of course. And there are concerns of course. about six ruling everything. Yes. No, I wouldn't have six ruling everything. I, would, yeah. I think you've still got to have one club, one vote Correct. at the top end. Well, that's major concern. But I think it? Rick... Rick was the only thing I would <laughs> um, I would struggle to embrace that he said is that I, I think it's been more than useful for the EFL that that story got leaked, whoever leaked it. Right. I think it's as I said to we're talking about it. Mm. We had to. Yes. It's it's got it's got to focus minds, and I think that that was a a very useful leak, shall we say, yeah. from from wherever it came. I'm just just quick before I know we've got to finish, but I'm just looking at my fixtures for this weekend coming up because big day, Everton against Man United. Huge. Massive day, isn't Huge. It? 
Yeah. Ooh, well, that, uh, as they say in Scotland, is that? Um, well, that's us. That's um, us. We've been talking a lot the last few weeks. You know, what, what is the future? I, 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 I hope today we've helped in some way. Um, I think what's blindingly obvious is that change is coming. Yeah. Do please get in touch at Keys and Grey, the podcast. Um, use all the letters, Keys and Grey, the mm -hmm. podcast, at gmail.com if you have thoughts or reactions or leave us a review. And if it's a five-star review, we would prefer and be very grateful. And also to all those starting on the long, long journey to Wembley in the FA Cup this weekend, good luck. I concur. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.